Welcome back to another episode of Business is Pleasure with your handsome host, myself, John L. Francis, and my beautiful girlfriend, wifey for lifey, business partner, soulmate, everything wrapped into one, Colette Monique Lybird. You have to give people my full name. Yeah, government. You're your identity stolen today. <laughs> my bad. So, the one way we always start off our podcast, similar to the others, is how was your week? So, babe, how was your week? Uh, I think I had a great week. Um, we were doing a lot of like preparations for our event mm. this week and also for our upcoming events uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I was just doing a lot of preparation for that. We also were uh, not necessarily scrambling, but we were trying to get a lot of new clothing for our upcoming events because we sold a lot yeah. at our other events. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. That was fun. I always love pe- picking. That's always fun and enjoyable. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. What about you? Okay, nice. Um, My week was, was good. I had a couple goals for myself in terms of like... My personal goals, so like studying, my CIP, I got all those things done. Because for the last like week or so, I was only being, I was only able to study twice a week. And last week I ensured I studied three times, so I was really happy about that. Um, in terms of the gym, I was supposed to go three times a week, only went twice, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? 66%, uh, still passing. Mm-hmm. And then um, in terms of the business, I did really well. I told myself I wanted to finish doing that, organizing the podcast stuff, mm-hmm. which I actually was able to finish today. While nice. we're doing all the audio files, now we actually just have to put them online so you guys can see them. <laughs> and also, um, yeah, it was nice though because for myself on Friday, I was able to take off work and go picking for a whole bunch of stuff. We actually had one of our best hauls ever. We got like, what, 77 pieces in one day. And a lot of the stuff was like exactly what we wanted, exactly what we needed. Because we we're kind of lacking in terms of windbreakers and a lot of t-shirts. And we found like 30 new pairs of windbreakers from like Champion, Starter, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, Puma. We have all these amazing brands that really help us sell and just really um, connect with our community. So to like come across a haul that's so big like that was just like something that we really, really needed. Mm-hmm. And then um, aside from that, Sunday, we had the opportunity to go out to the show called um, The Equinox Show, guys. Um, so essentially what the Equinox show is, it's this, I guess you can say event that showcases up and coming artists in Toronto, whether you're a rapper, R&B, a little bit of rock in there. And then they also did a really good job of incorporating other small businesses. Mm-hmm. So such as clothing companies, athletic companies, um, various, I guess, various, um, what are those artists, graphic artists and graphic stuff like that, graphic yeah. designers and stuff like that. So it was cool because they had this whole showcase for so many different type of people all under one roof, you know? Mm-hmm. What did you think about Equinox? Like, how did you like it? I think it was a great event. It was really, uh, there was pretty good turnout, so that's obviously, like, the most important thing whenever it comes to throwing an event, mm-hmm. which was great. I think that the music was awesome. Like, there's lots of, like, really great, um, like, up-and-coming artists in Toronto, which is always nice to see. Mm-hmm. And it was good to kind of incorporate, like, music with the business side and, music with fashion because i feel like a lot of the times like that goes hand in hand mm-hmm. because a lot of times when artists they're they're creating a craft but they're also creating a, like a lifestyle and, an, and a persona and an identity so like your outward appearance has like a huge part of that i would say 
So it was no, really, definitely. it was really nice to kind of like blend the two and to kind of like find a different like not necessarily find a different demographic but like tap into a different demographic than mm-hmm. like we, what we would usually see at like specific events yeah because this was more so like the same demographic but for a different reason yeah for sure and we did we managed we ended up staying for longer than we intended because we were only going to stay for like the specific pop-up version or pop-up portion of the night but we ended up staying for uh the rest of the night as well when the actual performances were going on which was great like it was nice to see everything the only one thing that i would say is that it would have been nice if like the businesses had like somewhat of a separate area so that way like people could kind of like mingle with us a little bit more and like listen to the music at the same time because when people were trying to talk to us, it was like, what? Like, 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 are you selling this? Like, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay. And then the lights were really dim, so like they couldn't really see anything. So, yeah, that's the only thing I would say, but maybe for like upcoming shows. So I'd definitely do it again. Yeah, but. yeah. And I think it's nice, too, because like, like I said, they were able to incorporate so much different communities together. So it allowed us to tap in other people's other people's um, demographics and also people that they would speak with regularly and also people that necessarily wouldn't normally come across our stuff and not yeah. expose ourselves to new and different people yeah but I think overall yeah it was a really good show we sold a decent amount of items we met a lot of people get a lot of business cards mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the best things about you and I we always try to stay optimistic if yeah. we don't get a lot of sales let's get a lot of new leads a lot yeah. of new contacts and like this price sells out there. Yeah. You know? The worst thing you want to do is be there, be salty, be angry the whole time. Like, oh my gosh, like There's no point. Like, you're just you're just doing a disservice to yourself and like at the end of the day, the hardest part is over. Like we got out of our house, we packed up all our inventory not all of our inventory, but some of our inventory, went to an event, set up, like the hardest part is over, right? We might as well make the best of it regardless of whether the lights were on or not. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Like and at the end of the day, it's like I personally would say it was successful because we've met so much different people mm-hmm. we got more exposure more mm-hmm. followers made some sales so yeah. like what do we really have to complain about nothing right? we did really well exactly exactly but i do agree with you that one thing they could work on was maybe if they had a separate section i think that would have just made it like so much easier for the audience to interact with everyone all the other businesses so much more easier right yeah when the lights are off the last thing you're worried about is buying stuff. Exactly. Like, you know? But overall, it was a great show. And mm-hmm. I think they'll have many, many more to come and everything. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely be around with it, you know? And one thing I liked about what Equinox did, they essentially help other brands get exposure. Yeah. I think that's something that you and I were talking about as well. How yeah. you and I can help other brands. Whether it's like some of our friends who want to get into reselling to teach them various things. Or even helping brands like promote themselves through us. Because I think one thing that we've learned about Clarendon Co, it's always about like bringing value to people around us, whether mm-hmm. it's actual customers with giving them modest prices for clothing or even helping our friends or like different businesses who are interested in expanding their businesses in terms of reselling. Yeah. So for us, it's been nice because we know some people that want to get into the resale market. So we've mm-hmm. teach them like our techniques from all the apps that we use from like Grailed, which is really good for like selling high end streetwear yeah. to something like Let Go that's really focused on like the location of Toronto where we are or where anybody is mm-hmm. and just letting them know like what are the best pieces that you essentially can sell to make like the best profits so and I think like one of the biggest things that we've always talked about is like how can we bring value to someone else oh 100% like how can if you can bring some value to someone else and help 
them make money or like just value in it in any way to help them save money whatever the case may be like you're gonna make money in the long run you know no 100 no, so i think that's something that we always focus on mm-hmm. in like all of our interactions with anyone mm-hmm. whether it be a customer or like another business that we're trying to help out or like friends that we're trying to help out we always like keep that in mind no definitely so in terms of like helping other people promote their businesses like how do you feel about that do you think it's something that like we should try to focus on or whenever we have that opportunity we should always say yes i think I think it's something that we we probably should try to focus on it, but at the same time, we're also still building our own business, oh, yeah, right? So we can't necessarily be like, yeah, like I'm gonna build your business while I'm still trying to build my business. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I think it's something that if it is gonna be done, it has to be done in the right way. Mm-hmm. It has to be done in kind of like I don't want to say like a passive way, but I don't really have mm-hmm. another word for it. Like, a way that's not, like... Where it interferes with us. Interferes with our marketing. And, like, stops us from... For our own business. It's something that's done, like, as a side. Like, not something that, you know... It's our main priority or whatever. Not our main priority. Like, say if, like, we're on an event or for, for something like that. And, like, somebody wants, like... I don't know, their, like, banner in the background mm-hmm. or something. Then, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that could work. But, like, not handing out your business cards for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like... If anybody asks about the banner, I'll be like, yeah, the information is there. Like, you can take it down. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. But I would obviously say good things about whatever the business is. And I would always obviously want to be able to, like, vouch for the business or, like, know their services and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not going to be, like, your personal spokesperson. Yeah. But I think it goes with what you're saying, though. It's, like, how do you expect, like, change the world and help everyone else if your room is dirty? Yeah. You know what I mean? We first really have to take care of ourselves ensure that we're able to bring value to them right yeah because it's like how are we helping so many other people but yeah we're not taking things we're taking things for granted at home and yeah. we're not ensuring that our environment is as well like taken care of as possible you know yeah it's like it's like when you see sponsors in a movie for example like when you see sponsors they're usually in like big huge like blockbuster movies where they'll be like opening up a bag of Doritos or like driving an Audi or something like that yeah, yeah. whereas like you don't see crappy ass movies having like a bag of Doritos or like <laughs> yeah, an yeah. Audi in it you know what I mean it's like it's like those businesses they don't value that other like production company or whatever it may be enough to put their money into it right mm-hmm. so they don't endorse it so they don't get the promotions through that whereas like huge blockbuster movies that already have like a huge following most likely are like have like the you know bunch of really like A-class or A-list actors, or whatever you want to call them in them, they get that money, you know what I mean? So the, the same thing goes for our business. Like, if we're not that, like, blockbuster type of business, nobody's going to want to promote through us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they won't see any benefit of, like, working hand-in-hand with us, right? There won't be any value there for them. Because exactly. it's like, okay, but, like, what, what do you have to offer yeah, me? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's one thing we always got to focus on, the whole idea behind business. It's about results. If we're not, they're making sure our results and our resume is up to par. We can't expect to help anyone else, and we can't expect anyone else to want us to help them. So it really starts with us, you know what I mean? Let's take care of what's happening at home, then we can transition to, like, really helping everyone out, right? And, like, speaking of us, do you ever find that, like, you have moments where you feel just, like, overwhelmed with the business and, like, overwhelmed with, like, your, um like expectations maybe um i would really say yeah a lot of the time not a lot of the times but there are times where it's just that like a lot of uncertainty will like crawl into my head because when you come into business it's like when you you and i were talking the other day right the idea of running a business it deals with a lot of uncertainty 
mm-hmm. especially about the future and what your next move is, you can of course try to be as prepared as possible. Yeah. But if that thing doesn't work, then you have to worry about that thing. And if that thing doesn't work, then you have to worry about that that thing. And, so, and I think sorry to cut you off, but I think with you saying that, it's like it like all falls back on you mm-hmm. and like the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like more so in business than like say like working for like a company or whatever like if something happens like say if they're like yeah sorry like we have to lay you off because like we're making cuts like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like your fault you yeah. know what i mean it's like the business is making cuts like and let's say like that does happen hypothetically you get a severance you, yeah. you get some type of like something to like stabilize you financially yeah. for a little while but in a business if we go bankrupt and this was our only source of income there is no turning back there is yeah. no like financial parachute that we can just pop on and be like okay yeah we can sustain ourselves for like four months five months or whatever or, or even like before that like so say if like you or i like we make like a wrong decision that like causes our business to go bankrupt like mm. there's no one else to blame but us no a hundred percent and that's why i think a lot of the times for someone to be willing to start a business you first have to have that personality where you understand that well, this is a huge risk i'm taking the reward can really be like exponential but the failure can really be so catastrophic yeah. my whole life is interrupted one way or another yeah. so with myself sometimes i do get overwhelmed with that idea mm-hmm. but i try to think about like the way we've tried to like strategically set up our lives it's more so for like multiple sources of income yeah so if something does go wrong with the business we know that there are other funnels of money coming in so we can sustain ourselves and hopefully sustain the business as well too right and for me like the way that i think about it it's like is the failure worth it you know like is it worth like living a life where like you never feel as if like you've fully reached your like full possibility or or your full potential or is it worth it to yourself to like push it as far as you can and to strive to be Mm -hmm. the best that you can be there's going to be failures there there's going to be setbacks there has to be there has has to to be. be you know what i mean there's going to be those times when like you fall back but like is it worth it to you to keep on going no 100 percent. and to me like and i i would think to you and i feel like to a lot of people who like have their own business like it is worth it to them mm-hmm. to at least give it a try no 100 you know and it, like what you're saying like with the losses coming i think there are strategic losses right it's like instead of let's say you have 10 points instead of losing all 10 how can we only lose four so we can still sustain ourselves and come back from that. We're only being four points down, you know? Yeah. And I think another thing for me that makes me like a bit overwhelmed with the business at times is maybe like just the workload that we get, we put on ourselves. You know, we, we have like this expectation that like we should always get everything done at this particular time. We need to always be doing more. And sometimes it's like, yo, we have lives outside of the business, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it's like the whole concept of like, be careful what you wish for. If you want a successful business, you're gonna have to put in extra hours. You're gonna have to like really isolate yourselves from your family and friends, and you're gonna have to work extremely hard. But what comes with that is this: the reward, like what you're saying, yeah. but at the same time, the ability to like lose a lot of your personal life as well, too, right? Yeah. So that's why I think it's important for us to like at least take one day a week where like, yo, it's no business, it's a straight chill and watch LeBron just bang on some people. That's and I it. and I think and I think with that like. Just once a week. Just once a week. Even if it's not the whole day, just yeah. like a few hours, you know, yeah, just like yeah. a couple hours just for yourself or even like reward yourself. So like one thing I do now is like I don't watch TV or like I try not to watch TV when I'm like working on something. I just focus on working on that. And then once I've completed it, then I like give myself the like like reward, I guess I would say, of like watching TV for half an hour. Right. 
you know, because then and at that point it's also way more enjoyable because you can just watch the TV without yeah. without feeling guilty about or feeling like you should be doing something mm-hmm. else. You know what I mean? I know, and I, that's the way I really work too, right? I work on like these reward systems I create for myself, and it's like guilt. I think is such a huge thing to carry, mm-hmm. and for me, when I'm able to like feel like not guilty, that's when I feel comfortable relaxing. That's when I feel comfortable like being lazy essentially like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to make time for things that are not important yeah you know and sometimes we really forget that it's like sometimes things that are not important really mean a lot for us you know what I mean or not even like make time for like yourself like because even like saying that like yourself like you are important you know especially like your like mental well-being like sometimes like you just need to take a second to be like okay like I'm feeling overwhelmed let me just like relax and like meditate for a second or like listen to like a podcast or like do something to like get myself in a better headspace so i can be like productive in the things that i am doing you know yeah because like if your head isn't good and if you aren't good as a person like everything that you try to do it's just not gonna work out no 100 percent. and staying on with the whole idea of good right i've really found some like really good trends that are happening right now within vintage and the whole like reselling market for instance, one thing that's really big right now, guys, is vintage NASCAR attire. So if you guys can take a look, I'm rocking some vintage NASCAR from 1999, and Kyle decided to copy my swag. I didn't copy; it was my. She idea decided to first. copy my swag. It was my idea. First. And copy me like she usually Whatever, does, I but it's okay. It. I give her a little bit of the swag drip so she can, you know, look good I and did everything. I better, you know? so it's fine. So you always do better than me. You know that. That's why I get upset. Okay. Like, you know, like come page. on, babe. You know that already. That's fine. So, so Kyle looks amazing in this vintage, what is this, NASCAR Dale Earnhardt Jr. jacket. A little bit of Budweiser. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of cool, though. I think, like, why, like, things like this are becoming so popular is because, like, with the internet, there are so many different brands nowadays. So you're forced to do things to stand out. Mm-hmm. And NASCAR was always really good at branding and standing out, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you have Budweiser on here. You have Goodyear on here, right? And even with mine, right? You have, like... DuPont and old school, all these other different brands and everything, 1999 right? Tour. Like 1999 tour, right? They they make it obvious of what they're doing and what they represent. Yeah. Like for certain brands that are minimalist, they look amazing, great styling, great structuring. But if you don't have a logo that's loud and stands out, especially in today's market, it's hard for people to automatically know who you are. Yeah. So like that's why I think like certain things like NASCAR have become so popular nowadays. And and I feel like there's been like a whole like flip because I even remember like like I say like five six years ago, mm-hmm. like like you couldn't I couldn't walk around in this. No. You can walk around in that everything was like gray, navy, white, black. Yeah, just neutrals or or like beige. really light palettes. Yeah, all neutrals, all like you know black and gray stuff like that very very minimalist not so many like logos not a lot of branding just like super super like basic like you could go into like any basic section of like any store and you could leave with an outfit yeah. like, like every store had a basic section yeah every store like it was either had a basic section or the whole place was just basic no 100 like, percent. like that's just how it was and i feel like now there's just kind of been kind of like a complete flip of that mm-hmm. whereas like everyone wants things to be branded they want it to be loud a little bit flashy they want you to know like what brand it is where they got it from preferably not anything that you can get in a mall yeah a lot of the times at least like in the vintage market that we're working with it, it seems kind of like ironic in the sense but like 
at least I find myself personally and like some other people in the vintage community like it's almost like a vintage bougie it's like yeah. it's like it's like oh like like for me for myself personally like I think I have great style and like I'll mm-hmm. be I'll be walking around somewhere and like someone will be like oh like where'd you get that if it's vintage I'll be like yeah this is vintage like I found <laughs> like this in you a know, you know. I found this in a shop like this is like vintage from like 1990 whatever and like I feel so proud of like whatever I'm wearing mm-hmm. but if you catch me on a day when I'm wearing something from H&M like I'm so embarrassed sorry yeah. H&M really sorry sorry yeah. sorry sorry I'm like so embarrassed oh. you know what I mean like someone be like oh where'd you get this and I'm like um I don't really remember yeah it's, it's not it is it's in a sense because like with the vintage community it forces you to be like more creative with the items that you do get yeah but they're in such limited quantity yeah but if you go to like a fast fashion place like h&m zara they essentially create your style for you you so, don't have the opportunity to put your little spin on it you can obviously like don't get me wrong like you can be very fashionable you can have great style no, 100%. shopping in the mall like, you can mix and match pieces but i'm just talking from like the perspective of like the vintage community mm-hmm. it's like once you go vintage it's really hard to like go back Transition like out. like i literally like i go to a mall on like a regular basis i can't remember the last time i bought something there mm-hmm. like clothing wise mm-hmm. i cannot I can't remember the last time I went into any store and was like, oh, that's nice. No, actually, I do remember. It was it was Christmas time. I went into a particular store, and I bought something, and I immediately regretted it. And to this day, I still regret it. I still regret it. Don't get me wrong. I, I like what I bought. I think it's really nice. But one of the reasons why I don't like it is because, one, everyone has it. And, two, like, I can't find a way to like put my own spin on it mm. and it's a pretty like big item like it's a jacket oh that the the, the sherpa yeah like the full fur sherpa yeah uh, and i can't find my way to put my own spin on it and it also bothers me because it's like vintage inspired yeah it's and, not- I, and the, the cool thing i think about vintage a lot too it forces like different demographics to be exposed to like different cultures for instance like we're more so accustomed to like the urban community mm-hmm. where we're all of a sudden like being exposed to nascar yeah. But we're sudden being exposed to like brands like Disney. Yeah. Like, you know, hockey jerseys are becoming really popular yeah. within the vintage community as well too, right? So it's kind of cool because it puts like this juxtaposition of communities that generally wouldn't interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Now they're like smacked right in the middle and everything, right? Yeah, for sure. But like with that being said, like that like melding and molding, it's definitely going to flip again. It, uh, that's the thing about fashion and the thing about trends nothing stays the same it's definitely it's, it, gonna flip. it's always a cycle it's always a cycle and that's one thing i think we're really good at noticing is that like we see the trends that are going on within the community mm-hmm. but we don't remain stagnant we constantly follow them and realize like hey like what's the next thing that's gonna hit what's the next thing that's gonna be popular and how can we constantly stay ahead of it right yeah so because like the whole nascar thing i felt like it was slowly building now i feel like it's taking on a bit more traction yeah. the biggest thing i noticed was when i was in uh the mall i was at yorkdale and i was walking past no honestly let's not say nascar racing racing, racing. yeah i was walking past uh roots and they had like this like not like a display it was almost like the decoration of the store so they had like their like display down here of like their current like styles or whatever and then like above there was like in plaques and it was like a roots like bomber Mm. that had like all these like different patches on it like Mm -hmm. similar to this like 
it looked exactly like a racing jacket and it was like on display and i was like oh wow like once you see that like stores and malls are trying to pick up on certain trends like that's how you know it's like yeah. really kind of setting and in. that's when you know you need to go on to something else yeah because once it becomes commercialized and mainstream like that right away you know that trend's about to die same thing with vintage we say it all the time yeah, no it's going to die soon. like it's i going to like die i'll soon. go into like hudson bay and i'll see like vintage inspired like tommy hilfiger vintage inspired like calvin klein like all with like the three colorway uh like tommy hilfiger uh like polos and rugby's that like we find all the time that are from like the 1990s but now they're making like brand new ones of them mm -hmm. and like that to me like every time i see it i'm like oh god mm -hmm. it's like a ticking time bomb it's, it's like, like oh my gosh it's gonna die soon it's yeah gonna die soon. yeah it's, it's not that it's gonna die it's just not it's gonna, gonna be reduced it's gonna be reduced it's not, it's not gonna be as popular it's, not, it's gonna be reduced and it's not gonna be as cool yeah but i don't know i'm kind of excited at the same time because i would want to know myself like yo what's the next big thing that's going to be really popular in fashion you know but then at the same time with that being said there's also been like a bunch of businesses that have been in vintage forever yeah you but, know and they're still doing great and then when that boom like you know dissipates a little bit they just have that like niche market that like still loves vintage mm -hmm. you know that's gonna like stick with them you know what i mean because no, like myself in particular like I think that I'll still love vintage just because I'm frugal. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally one of the, my favorite aspects. Just of because, it. like, I know that I can get something for great quality that I can like pass down to my kids that is not gonna be as expensive as something that I'm gonna buy in, a, in the mall that's of significantly lesser quality. No, hundred percent. And the one thing I'll say that sometimes about vintage, what I don't like, is maybe the fit always isn't the best. But I'll go get it tailored. Yeah, that's fine. That's, I'll, that's I'll spend I'll spend like five dollars on a T-shirt. Go get it tailored for five dollars. Wow, I have a I have a perfect fitting ten dollar T-shirt now. That's the one thing I always remember. Remember that show on TLC, What Not to Wear? Okay, okay. Remember that show? Yeah, I do. I and do. the one thing they would always, always, always say, they're like, the clothing in stores or anywhere, it's not made for you. Mm -hmm. It's made for the average person. So you can't go into a store and expect something to fit you perfectly. You want it to fit you as good as it can, but like. The idea of like not never having to tailor your clothes, that's not realistic. No, you know yeah. what I mean? It's really not though, especially when your body type is so different from someone else's. Everyone's body and type is different. And these companies, the way they make their clothing, it's for a limp it's for really like a really small percent of the demographic. Yeah. So it's like why would you not want something that you can feel comfortable in? that looks best on you and your body shape, mm -hmm. we'll get it tailored. And, they, and at least like the good thing that you were saying with vintage, you're getting it at such a lower price mm -hmm. that you can afford to get it tailored. You know, it's not like you're buying a pair of pants for 50 bucks, mm -hmm. then you have to go spend another like 15, 20 dollars to tailor it. It's like, no, you'll probably find a pair of pants for like 10 or 15 and then you spend 10 bucks, 15 bucks to tailor it. Mm -hmm. It's still less than you would have bought it in the store for, right? 100%. So do you have any final words before we get out of here and watch LeBron James in game four kick some ass? No, I think that's it. I think, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm just excited to watch the ball game, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's go LeBron. Please don't let me down. I'm going to be really sad. I'll be really sad. Until next time, guys, please like and share so we know that you care. <laughs> Feel free to hit us up in the DMs if there are any specific topics you'd like us to talk about. And just to say hi. Until next time, bye. See ya. Peace.